Hey, welcome to the New Hope Underground. Hey, it's been a while. I haven't been on here in quite a while. That's right. Little holidays, all sorts of stuff going on. And uh, Tyler Sturkey, Jonathan Brocious, a few other people, the Hot Goss people, Tyler and uh, Christy, kind of taking over the airwaves for me. So, uh, but I'm back. This is Darren, by the way. And uh, I'm here with a uh, special guy, friend of mine, Noah Prosser. How you doing, Noah? I'm doing pretty good. What's up, you? man? Oh, not much. You know, just <laughs> praising the Lord, you know. That's awesome. And Noah, how old are you? I'm 19. No, Noah is not. You're not even 20 yet. Almost. When like do you turn 20? Less than two weeks. Less than two weeks. Yeah, I've got socks older than you, man. I've heard that one. Before. <laughs> I'm sure you have. I'm sure you have. Well, that's good. Happy birthday. Coming right up. Why, thank you. Yeah, 20 is a big one, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, <clears throat> Noah's been through, for, for being 19, you've been through quite a bit. Uh, yeah, I really have. I mean, you've already lived kind of a whole life. And... I asked, him to, I asked him to come on and share a story because we just got to talking naturally because we've been studying the Bible together a little bit and so and uh, had the privilege of uh, baptizing you. Yeah, that was amazing. It was awesome. And a lot of Noah really coming to Christ has been fairly recently. Yeah. I mean, and it's been a huge turnaround for it you. It sure has. Yeah, in so many ways. And now he finds himself 19 and tell us about your family. So I have a wife, her name is Rebecca, and I also have a daughter named Veronica. And Veronica went through quite a bit as a little girl. Yes, she had a heart problem and uh, required surgery when she was three months old. Wow, well she's doing well now. Oh yeah, she's doing spectacular. How old is Veronica now? She is like in months, I think she's almost like 20 months. Okay. So she's getting close to two years old. Close to two, and she's doing well. And they, they attend here at the Effingham campus here at, in New Hope. Yes, I do. Yeah, and uh, and I've known Rebecca since she was a lot younger, like junior high or so, when she was when I was youth pastor here a little bit. And then she I think she was with my daughter, who's now work with junior high kids. I think she was in her first junior high group when she started. So that's pretty cool. So we just got to talking one day, and I was just asking about his testimony. You gave your testimony not too long ago at a banquet for uh, the Family Life Center here in town. Yeah, actually, I did. They, um, I went through the Family Life Center for dad's classes whenever me and Rebecca found out that we were expecting Veronica. And uh, I met Tyrone, who he really helped uh, change me and transform me into the man I think I am today. That's awesome. Tyrone's a great guy. He really and is. He, Tyrone was a guy who worked with Family Life Center and just did a lot of stuff for a lot of men here in this town. And, uh, he and I were just starting to become good friends when he moved away. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I really miss him. I know. But I, I, whenever God's got him, he's got him out in Kansas, and uh, uh, he's using him there, too, for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of the kingdom. So I'm really excited about that. So, hey, we're going to we're gonna jump in because it's going to take a while to t- tell you this story. So that's And that's a good thing because uh, you're going to want to want to hear it that's for sure and someone told me a long time ago no one time that i remember this kind of etched in my brain they said the most powerful thing about our testimony is not what we've done but what jesus is doing 
in yeah, us. I think that, that's, that's so, right. so true. And I know you believe that. But in order to find out what Jesus has done in you, we need to know where you came from, you know. Mm-hmm. So we're going to kind of kind of start there. And, and uh, now originally you're from? I'm from uh, Shelbyville. From Shelbyville. Yeah, we have a we have a church there now, too. And I'm, well, kind of working there now. Right. So, <laughs> but uh, you're originally from Shelbyville. But I, I would love you just to start from uh, you. you know, I'm just going to go all the way back. Your the person who raised you is not your biological mom and dad. So what kind of happened with mom and dad and your family? If you don't mind, tell me when early life was like. So when I, uh, my mom was pregnant with me, she was uh, 19. My, my dad was off in the military. And whenever I was born, my mom actually was in prison. Mm. She uh, wrote a false check from my grandma and ended up behind bars. So whenever I was born, my dad got full custody over me and I lived with him and his mom and then also with my grandma, my mom's mom. And then after that, um, I started living more with my grandma on my mom's side. Did did dad stay around or? So he he did stay around for a little bit in the beginning of my life and then uh, he faded off when I got older. Okay. So you haven't really had much, you have much contact with mom and dad? Uh, no, not with dad and not with mom. I choose not to with mom because of our past. And with dad, I, I honestly don't know why he doesn't want to talk to me, but I've kind of just moved past that part of my life and left it to where it was. Sure. You're a dad now yourself. That's right. Yeah. So now, so your, it was your grandmother that kind of, that raised you. Oh yeah. Okay. And that's your mom's, your mom's mom. Right, and she actually uh, still raises my two siblings, too. Okay. Now, um, did you I, did you grow up ever going to church or knowing much about so actually, the Lord or what? Yeah, I was uh, baptized as a Lutheran, and my grandma brought me to the Lutheran church every Sunday. And, uh, you know, I mean, she didn't really necessarily teach me about God herself, but she always brought me to church and was very involved in it. Now you, you were she's in Shelbyville, but you somehow you ended up here in Effingham, right? So when did that happen? And you ended up going to school here in Effingham. Yeah. So in 2018, I actually uh, got into some legal problems, and uh, my uh, my aunt Sarah she actually asked me if I wanted to come live with her in Effingham to try and change my life around. So I said, yeah, you know, I didn't really want to, but I felt pressured into it. And so I moved up to Effingham in 2018. It was uh, the end of my eighth grade year, so starting a freshman year. Okay. And how long were you here in Effingham? I mean, going to school and everything. So I went freshman year and sophomore year, and then I started junior year, but then I moved back to Shelbyville. Okay. You kind of dropped out of school, am I right? Yeah, I did drop out uh, further into my junior year. Okay, what what happened? Why, you know, what's going on in your life? Like, uh, did you like school in your aunt's house? I mean, how did what's going on? To what? Why did you kind of move back and forth? And so, when I live in my aunt's house, um, I kind of got some pretty serious problems. So I, I actually met Rebecca in uh, in high school for sophomore year. We got together and then we broke up. Uh, we both mutually decided that we just needed a break and focus on each other or ourselves, I mean. And right. then um, 
after that, I just went down a pretty down, uh, downward hill. And uh, I had a multiple personality disorder that they tried to diagnose me with. And uh, I actually started to uh, self-harm myself. And I uh, had demonic encounters. Mm. Like I would wake up covered in uh, drawings in different languages. Mm. And I would translate them and it would mean like satanic things. And I'd wake up with... You don't mind me asking, like, what? I mean, was there anything specific, like, that you remember some of the words? I remember one word that stuck out to me the most. It was a succubus. And I learned that it was a a demon who was, like, known for, like, sexual pleasing and, like, arousal and stuff like that. Huh. Crazy. So this is going on. How old are you? At that time, I was 16. And then you were in Effingham at the time when all this is going on? Yes, I was in Effingham. So what happened next? I mean, why did you drop out? I mean, where'd you go? So I dropped out because... Because I, of all these things that are going on, you didn't right. know how to handle it. Exactly. Is anybody helping you at all? I mean, you know, what, I mean, is anybody telling you what's going on with this demonic stuff? You know? So I was in counseling for a bit, but then I stopped going because I just thought it wasn't helping me. And uh, I just kind of tried to self-medicate myself and self-counsel myself and... Ultimately, I, I failed, and I, I went off the deep end pretty bad, and I tried uh, to commit suicide a few times, and I ended up into some pretty bad stuff, too. Now, did you, so I know a little bit of your story already as we're talking, but you end up moving to St. Louis. Yes. <clears throat> but um, did you have the suicide issues or, like you said, trying to kill yourself before that? Yeah, so it was an ongoing thing from, I would honestly say since me and Rebecca broke up till probably like after the whole incident with St. Louis and after me and Rebecca actually got back together. Okay. So you're talking about 16 years old. Right. So when did you move to St. Louis? So when I was 16 years old, (laughs) after I... uh, after me and Rebecca broke up, I got really suicidal. The, the demonic stuff started happening to me. Um, I moved back with my grandma, and that's when everything kind of kicked off, where I uh, I started drinking and smoking and doing drugs. And, and you're only 16. Correct. All right. And then that's whenever I started uh, going down to St. Louis and uh, living down there. Now, what, what, what coached you to go down there? So I had some friends that were from there, and... Uh, I also just kind of wanted to be part of like a more uh, rough lifestyle. Okay. Like it'd be more exciting or something. That and more like. uh, People who are also drinking and doing drugs. Exactly. People who are also doing no drugs and bad stuff and like committing crimes. You know, I wanted to try and be a part of that and honestly just uh, make some money and meet a lot of women and try and get lucky, you know? Okay. Yeah. I appreciate your honesty. So you're 16 and you end up with some friends down in St. Louis. Correct. So what kind of happens down there while you're down there? You you found, did you find what you were looking for? So I did find what I was looking for. I uh, found myself in a pretty rough crowd and I mean, we did do drugs. We did, you know, smoke and drink and uh, we were in and out of houses that were like full of drugs and guns and, hookers and girls that were like twice my age or even younger than me or my age. And it was all full of just 
a lot of sin. And some of the guys you were telling me that you were around were like in gangs and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, they were a lot of them were in uh, a gang and they, uh, they really tried to get me into it. But I, uh, something happened to me that I just, I heard God's voice. Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's set it up a little bit. So you were telling me one night you're in a house. Kind of describe the scene, if you will, before you hear God's voice and all this. So I was in this uh, trap house, and uh, some, of my, some of my friends, you know, we were just sitting around and drinking and smoking like usual. And uh, they, uh, they got done just doing some bad things. And we came back to the house. And uh, there were girls everywhere, all over the couch and stuff. And, I mean, it was filthy in there, you know. There were guns, drugs, there were cockroaches everywhere, you know. It was just a typical trap house. And, uh, you know, they were trying to get me to go do some some more drugs with them, like some harder drugs and just to go party and stuff. And uh, I was sitting on the couch with them, and we were counting up money that we had made. And then uh, I heard a voice in my head, and it just said, get out. And at first, it scared me. I thought yeah. I was just tripping on my on my drug, you know. But I listened to it. So when you, when you say voice, describe to me what you mean. Like, did other people hear it? I'm just I'm just curious. So uh, I know that nobody else heard it because uh, there was a lot of music going on. It was very loud in there. People doing what they were doing, and I heard it very audibly in my head. So I didn't really know if it was just like a. You know, like a little, you know, what's it? Your little um, conscious talking to you, right? Or what? But I, I knew it was talking to me, so I got out of but there. But it was loud and clear. It was very loud and clear. And it said, "Get out." It said, "Get out." And so I got out, and I actually drove all the way back to Shelbyville to my grandma's house. And I actually, uh, I came to realize that it was God's voice. Mm. But at the time, I didn't, I didn't know it was His voice. It didn't. It never even popped in my head that it could have been him. So why why did he tell you to get out? So um, I mean, just not. <clears throat> I'm, I'm assuming it just meant get out of the house is what you were thinking. Correct. Not like get out of the whole lifestyle, or was it both, or what do you think? So uh, I think it was both because actually that that trap house got um, paraded by cops that night. Oh my! And like it was like a drug bust. So like the cops came, you know, people who were in there and involved. They got arrested, you know, or, you know, they just took the drugs and stuff. But I actually got out of there and I actually never went back from that point. So you left the drugs and everything there with them. I mean, Correct. I got you. So they, <clears throat> so when he said get out, he meant get out yeah, <laughs> of that house. Get out yeah. completely. And saved you in a, in a lot of ways. You really did. Okay. So the, did the people ever come looking for you, or did you ever try to reconnect with them? Or So I got some texts from them, like, you know, just asking me, hey, man, like, how you been? You know, you going to come by and see us? You going to come do some stuff with us? And I I just said, like, no, or to, like, one that I was close with, I talked to him and just was, like, simply, like, nah, I'm not going back. You know, I got some stuff I'm doing here. But other than that, I just left their other people. I just never texted them back or answered their calls or anything. Okay, so when you really felt like you heard God's voice, it kind of spooked you. I mean, yeah. To the point of, yeah. So you ended up back in Shelbyville. So I ended up back in Shelbyville, and surprisingly, uh, I thought things were going to get better, but they kind of got worse uh, for me mentally. 
because after all that happening, uh, I had an incident where um, I was at my grandma's house and it was storming. You know, and now, just to set the scene, how old are you? I was. A, Excuse me, you're still sixteen. I was still sixteen. Okay, so I was sixteen, and I, it was storming at my house. So I go upstairs because I hear a knock on the door. I'm thinking, you know, it's probably like just one of my friends or my sister, you know. And I open the door, and it's this girl covered in rain. You know, she's wet, and she says, "Can I come in?" I'm like, "Yeah, you can come in." So I let her in, and I give her a towel, you know, try to dry her off, and say like, "So can I?" Uh, you know, give you a phone to call someone, you know, like who, where are you from? You know, just like general questions. And she's like, no, I just, I'm just going to stay here. I'm like, <laughs> it was weird for me. Cause I was very understanding. Yeah. I was like, okay. It wasn't really like a get out. Cause I, to be quite honest, I thought she was like very attractive, you know? So I was like, okay, still in my sin lifestyle. I'm like, you know, maybe I might get lucky with her too. And so, uh, me and her actually started a relationship and, you know, she lived with me for uh, a couple of months, you know, and we would do, like, anything, you know. Like, we would hang out, play board games, play video games, watch movies. Did you have a sexual relationship? No, it, it wasn't, like... So, it wasn't what you thought at first? No, it wasn't what I thought, actually. So, like, there was no, like, real physical, like, intimacy besides, like, just, like, like hugging and, like, like cuddling type stuff. Okay. And, uh... To, what, what what happened was one day I walked upstairs with her, you know. And how, how long was she hanging out with you? I would honestly say probably like this was two months. Two months, okay. And uh, I walked up to my grandma and said, hey, can you take me in? Her name was Carmea. I said, can you take me and Carmea to the store? And she said, who's Carmea? And I was like, like, mom, what do you mean? Like, it's Carmea. Like, she's the girl, you know, that I've been with. She's like, no, that's not funny. I'm like, mom, she's right beside me. She's like, no, there's no one beside you. So. So Carmea didn't exist. So Carmea wasn't, yeah, she didn't exist. But I didn't, I didn't believe her, you know. I was like, okay, you know, like something's going on here. But I didn't really understand what, but I also just didn't want to believe it. Because at the time, it was really hard for me to believe that she wasn't real. Because I was, I went back into school. You know, I was doing a, an alternative school that required me just to, like, show up. And it was, like, shorter hours than, like, real school. And uh, I would want to stay home. And she would be like, no, you need to go to school. You know, or if I'd, like... Carmea is saying this to you. Correct. And if I wanted to, like, hurt myself, she'd be like, no, no, don't do that. So it seemed like she was seriously trying to help me out, you know. And, like, I didn't think anything wrong with it. But, um... There was this one night where uh, I was uh, getting really bad in my thoughts, and I was drinking. I even drank bleach because I was trying to wow. I was trying to kill myself. And I I said, okay, like tonight's the night. And so I was gonna uh, hang myself <laughs> in my basement. So I got like the rope ready. You know, I got a stool ready, and uh, just uh, let everyone know, I have two siblings. I have one who is 16 and one that is going to be seven right now. So at the time when I was 16, my littlest sister, she would have been three years old. And, oh, okay. she, and she slept upstairs with my grandma all the time. You know, she never wanted to come downstairs after it got dark out, you know, because she was afraid. 
and she only came came down during the day and she kind of had a, uh, a hard time speaking because she has like a, a learning disability and so uh, I was getting ready to do it it was like three or four in the morning and I was seriously putting the rope around my neck and I hear my little sister running down the stairs and she goes Noah I need you I'm scared wow and and she doesn't usually talk like that no what you were saying no like she spoke a full sentence <coughs> which was different for her you know because she she didn't really speak that much and uh also the fact that she came down stairs when she's afraid of it she's never done that before at that time she happened to wake up and i knew that was god like god saved me right there right but that's me wow. acknowledging that yeah. as of now back then I thought it was still a freak accident. I, I didn't think about God one bit. Just a coincidence. Yeah. Wow. So you were 16. Correct. At that that whole time. So a lot happened in like one year. Yeah. When I've been, I was actually just uh, dating back to all this and trying to get my correct age because my timeline's a little foggy because of the drugs that I did, you know, and all the times I was I spent like intoxicated. And 16 was the biggest year of my life with the most things happening. Wow. And you're way underage for any of this stuff. Yes. <clears throat> very underage. Anybody stop you at all? I mean, was there anybody in your life that... No, there was there was nobody in my life that told me no. You know, uh, my my grandma, she was a, she's a very loving woman, but she just couldn't say no to me. Uh, if I asked her to buy me alcohol, she would do it or a pack of smokes. Or if I could borrow her car at like three in the morning to go to St. Louis or some girl's house, she would be fine with that. And uh, it seriously, uh, definitely was not a good influence because that was the only like parent that I had. Just not too many boundaries for you. I mean, right. <clears throat> so, excuse me, I keep coughing. Oh no, you're. <laughs> I fine. got a bad cold. <clears throat> I apologize, but um, so. After the suicide attempt, and basically God saves you through your little sister. Correct. Uh, what what kind of happens then? I mean, you you just do you finish up school? So uh, at that time, uh, I dropped out again because things were just getting too rough for me. Like even though that she did save me, like it didn't really hold me off on like hurting myself and. Uh, still having thoughts of suicide and things with Carmea was still there. And um, I started really struggling with um, a porn addiction. And uh, when I look back on it, uh, I've actually been a porn addict since I was probably like eight years old. Wow. I, I remember uh, looking back on it. That was the first time I watched it when I was eight years old. And um, to go in full detail... Uh, I was very uh, neglected as a kid. I was abused. And, uh, you know, parents did never really say, like, you know, I'm proud of you, I love you type stuff. And I uh, I think that I was trying to self-love myself in a way that ended up turning into something really bad. And uh, at this time, back when I'm 16, uh, it got to the point to where I would physically shake and, like, get, like, hot sweats and, like, freak out if I wasn't just watching it or, uh, you know, participating in it. But it got really bad to where it was, like, 
that's what I was doing 24-7. I was either on a site or I was, you know, like just watching random videos. Wow. Now, I know it's a hard question, but I mean, it's still a struggle for you today. So, uh, the lust, yes. I still get thoughts all the time. Sure. I know that the devil knows that was my biggest weakness. Yeah, I mean, you had, I hate this, you know, I, I know you know this, that's why I'm saying it, but I mean, you basically gave the devil a ton of open doors. Oh, yeah. I mean, the pornography, the drinking, the drugs, yeah. the women, the everything. He and, had every door <clears throat> open. And now you have a girl coming to you, you know, you know who she is and what's going on there. So it came across as a mental issue. Yeah, it really did. Now, do you believe, I'm just curious, do you believe that's what it was or do you believe it was totally demonic or what do you, I don't know, I'm just kind of curious just looking back. Uh, as I have aged in my faith, I really do believe it was demonic completely. I mean, I do know people struggle with addictions, but I know that's the devil's favorite game to play is, you know, addictions and stuff. So I know people suffer from mental problems, you know, and I, I did suffer from a lot of mental problems. I was uh, diagnosed with depression at age eight and, you know, like anxiety, PTSD. They tried to diagnose me with multiple personality disorder and schizophrenia. And um, I'm, I'm not sure what they would diagnose me with a porn addiction, but I know that because this is a fallen world that the devil has so much control over everybody right now. Wow. So let's kind of <clears throat> fast forward a little bit, I guess, because you're, you dropped out of school. Did you finish school? Yes. So okay. I did finish school. Okay. And then you're probably what, when did you uh, kind of reconnect with Rebecca? So um, after all this stuff happened, uh, after I turned 17, um, me and Rebecca met at the beach, and it was, I truly believe, from God. It was actually a really beautiful story. Kind of funny, though. Uh, I was at the beach with my sister, and she was there with her friend, and she saw me and walked off and said something. And I thought, like, you know, oh, she's probably mad at me or something. So later that night, I got a phone call from an unknown number. And I answered it. It sounded just like her. And it was like, I know you miss me, this, this, and that, and hung up. So I texted her. I'm like, why did you call me? She said, I didn't call you. <laughs> did you ever find out who that was? <laughs> no. And to be quite honest, it would be very hard to tell. I had had a bad addiction with women, you know, so, I mean. Not sure who it was. Not sure who it was. But, but then me and her start texting which led to me and her hanging out and then getting back together. And then uh, a month into our relationship, we found out that Rebecca was pregnant with Veronica. Okay, now you, <clears throat> at this point, you have not really turned to the Lord. No, I have not yet. I mean, you had that moment with God speaking to you, felt like, and then the suicide attempt, but you're still not putting this all together in a lot of ways in the sense of it really changing your heart. Yeah, 100%. I, I, I had no thought of God at all. And I won't speak for Rebecca, but I know she was in a hard way, too, there for a while. Yeah, she yeah. was. So you you guys, uh, she becomes a, a pregnant 
then what happens? When does, I don't know, when does everything just kind of hit the fan when it comes to God really getting hold of you? So uh, what happened was, this was in, uh, let me just, I think it's in 2022. Yes. So it's in 2022. So it was after a year of me and her being together. So I was 18. Okay. And, um, so just last year. So yeah, just last year. And, uh, we were actually just sitting on my grandma's couch one day and we were watching like top 10, uh, coolest things. And we were going from video to video. And this one popped up about top 10 coolest things in the Bible. And so we were watching it. And Rebecca really wanted to watch it. And at the time, I'm like, are you for real? Like, <laughs> you want to watch the Bible? Like, what's so good about that? Like, that's seriously how my mindset was. Like, I just, I didn't like God one bit, you know. And she's like, come on, like, do this for me. So I was like, all right. So we started watching it. And like two minutes in, something just clicked in me. I felt this sudden interest into the video. Like, it seriously felt like my eyes were like, just like a magnet to the TV. And literally, like, the next second, I felt God touch me. I felt his warmth and his love and his uh, comfort. And I heard him literally say, wake up, I love you. Mm. Very audibly. And I looked at Rebecca, and I said, did you hear that? And she goes, hear what? And I'm like, did you hear that? I said, God just spoke to me. She's like, nah. I'm like, no, Rebecca. Like, God literally just spoke to me. And... At that time, when I felt his love, it was the most powerful feeling I've ever felt in my life. Like, like over any drug I've ever done or over any experience a person can feel physically, that was the warmest and the happiest I've ever felt in my entire life. Wow. And I seriously... So this is another, like, audible voice. I mean, is it similar to what you heard when yeah. you said, get out? I mean, is that kind of loud in your head? Yeah, it was very loud this and he time. Said, and he said, wake up. Yeah, and I knew it was him. Like, it was just like, I, I'm not sure how I can explain it. It's just I knew that it was him with his voice, the love, the comfort, and all that combined. I just knew that it was God. And instantly after I felt that warmth and all that, I looked at myself, and I could literally see the sin I was living in. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't see it before. But it looked like it was just labeled on me, you know, like adultery, pornography, lust, porno- or not pornography, but like drinking, smoking, wow. using his name in vain, you know. It's kind of like uh, when Peter first realized who Jesus was, his very first reaction was, away from me, I'm a sinful man. Yeah. That was your first reaction, basically. Yeah. He loves me, but oh my gosh, look at me. Seriously. Yeah. And I literally felt myself. It felt like my lungs took their first breath and I was gasping for like this new air that was Jesus, you know, and like this, I wanted to learn as much as I could about God. Like my interest in Jesus himself, it seriously felt like I was thirsty and I just needed him to quench my thirst again. And since that day, that's when it all started and actually i have a a verse because right after that i uh i went on the bible and i i looked it up and i read this verse and it meant so much to me and it it says your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body 
When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. And that's Matthew 6, 22. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that, that seriously, I felt like God spoke with me again because I just saw the guilt that I was living in. And he just, I felt like he just told me that that's how I need to change, you know? So, so what happened? I mean, like right away, <clears throat> what, so, what kind of the changes happened right away? Did it take quite a while? I mean, I'm just curious. So I instantly felt my depression leave me. Wow. Like that, that good feeling that I felt didn't really fade away. Like I felt like my depression left, my anxiety left, and I just felt brand new. And I just knew that this was my new life mission was to follow Jesus. And I so it was like, it was like a freedom, like, yeah. I mean, like you were set free. Yeah. Literally from the devil. Exactly. I mean, like he was holding on to you. Yeah. And, and it felt amazing. He was gone. And over time, I realized that, yeah, like, the the woman, Carmea, that was in there, she was never seen again. Huh. As soon as that happened, like, I never heard of her again. I never had a thought of her. I never saw her. And with, like, uh, my, like, bipolar stuff, my anger problems, you know, and depression, all that stuff was gone. Wow. Wow. I mean, even, like, the, <clears throat> you said you were diagnosis multiple personalities and schizophrenia that just was never an issue again yeah it completely vanished good no, just in that one moment yeah so what uh i know you had told me that you turned to rebecca and said you got to do something about the sin that's in your life yeah so what happened from there so uh there was a couple things that i, I mean when i said i mean that. you guys were living i'm not trying to you know we all we all have our sins before God. I'm just being honest. You were honest with me, right? That you and Rebecca were not living the way God intended. Yeah, yeah. we really weren't. And I looked at her and said, "Hey, like we need to get married." Mm. And she's like, "Like that's awesome." Like she was all on board for. It. Like she was very excited to do it. But I was like, "Yeah, like let's do it." Like next week. She's like, "Are you serious?" I'm like, "Yeah." Like I'll call up my pastor at the time. It was at the Lutheran church, and. That next week, we got married. Wow. Just because you knew it was the right thing to do with yeah. God. Yeah. I mean, she was the mother of my child. And I mean, I know I I had, you know, I had sex with her before marriage. And we brought Veronica into the world. And I just, I knew that, you know, God wants me to be with her for the rest of my life. And, and it needs to be through marriage. And God's really changed Rebecca, too. Oh, 100%. I mean, I'd love to have her on sometime just to talk. But Yeah. I mean, she's really... So what between then and now, what's happened? What has Jesus been doing in you? So between then and now, I uh, back then I picked up my Bible and I read it every day. Every day at work, when I worked at Planet Fitness, they would always see me on my Bible and I'd read a verse to people, you know, and uh, I'm just, I would be trying to learn as much as I can and just uh, seriously uh, strengthen my relationship with Jesus and uh, I try to help other people out, you know, especially my family and uh, friends. And I try to make uh, my own content on, like, YouTube and stuff and make uh, spiritual videos, you know, like trying to spread out Christianity. And That's just, awesome, man. So can people subscribe to that? Yeah, people can subscribe. What, to what is the, what, what's their name or whatever they need to look for on YouTube? So if you guys go to my YouTube channel, it's just Noah Prosser, and okay. I'll pop right up. Easy enough. N-O-A-H and then P-R-O-S-S-E-R. 
That's right. Yeah, easy enough. So, so you've been doing some of that and, and sharing your testimony at Family Life Center. Tyrone was a big help to you. Yes, Tyrone. How, how was yeah. that? A, how was, how did, uh, what did he do for you that just like, wow. So that, when I met Tyrone, I was still kind of into like um, more of like a, I'm going to say like a ghetto type lifestyle. Like I still try to act like that, even though I was with Rebecca and away from all that stuff. That was just still kind of how I acted. And uh, Tyrone and me really connected on a personal level because he shared his backstory with me. And sure. Related a whole lot to mine. You bet. So it just really made me feel like there was someone that's right beside me through it all who's been through the same things I've been through. And so I looked up to him because he changed his whole entire life around for his kids, himself, and for God. And, uh, I mean, he just really motivated me to do the exact same. And uh, with him, me and him, we prayed all the time in our sessions. So not only was he building a relationship with me, but we were building a relationship with God at the same time. That's awesome. Yeah. So <clears throat> has it, so it's been like about a year, year and a half? Yeah. Since you since you heard the voice and since you changed, yeah, and uh, you were baptized, yes, I was. What did that mean to you? So, what it really meant to me was, like, I was taught uh, by the Lutheran Church, and I, I truly believe that it's very very wrong that they do the birth baptisms. And the reason why I just say I say it's wrong for me is because I had no choice over it. You know, and I, I truly believe it is a dedication. Yeah, it's cool in the sense of dedication, like you're saying, because the parents are saying we want to raise our child right. the right way. But exactly. You're kind of saying that's not what, that wasn't your, your decision. Yeah. Exactly. And so whenever I decided to get baptized, I wanted it to be for me and my promise to God, my turnover slash dedication to God, and that this is the start of my new life. and that I just want to follow him forever. Choosing the right side. That's right. Yeah. We talked about that mm-hmm. a little bit. No, that's, that's awesome. So <clears throat> what do you think? I mean, just, it just seems to be honest, I think it's hard for a lot of people to understand. It's hard for me to understand. It seems unbelievable with all the things that you've done and struggled with that you just turn around one day. Yeah. And a lot of this stuff just disappears. I know it, I mean, how do you, how do you, how does addiction just dis, disappear? You see, like, I've really thought about that. And because I, uh, I used to be really addicted to smoking, like just cigarettes, you know, and like nicotine products. And when I was doing that, I was doing that since I was like nine years old. Wow. Like I, my mom gave me a cigarette. She was on drugs and told me to smoke it. Cause she thought I was accusing her of smoking it. So she gave it to me. It made no sense. But, um, Anyways, but um, I looked at Rebecca one day and said, you know what? God's got me. Like, I have the strength of God in me. I'm going to stop smoking. <coughs> and I took all my cigarettes and my vape stuff and threw it in the dumpster with no hesitation. And wow. I had no withdrawals at all. So I, I can say that it was God who got me through all of that. 100%. Wow. Gosh, I wonder... This has always been something I've struggled with. You know, I always just wondered how many, how many things that we kind of, that we're guilty of, that we get involved in, yeah, that are obviously of the devil. But we don't, we don't, uh, 
blame the devil for anything. You know what I mean? It's, in other uh, words, yeah. we, we think it's just us or just our personality or, or just one of those things, you right. know, a weakness that I have. Mm-hmm. When there's a lot of demonic fighting going on for your soul. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, like spiritual warfare is insane. Like I've done a lot of reading on it and I mean, it's seriously a war 24 seven and you got angels fighting for you, but you also got demons trying to capture and win, win you over too. So what, what is prayer? What, let me ask you this. Two questions back to back here. Let you answer. What does Jesus mean to you right now? And what does prayer mean to you? But let's talk about Jesus. What does Jesus really mean to you right now, Noah? Jesus means everything to me right now. Like, I would drop everything to follow him if I could, like, physically, like, you know. But um, Jesus is my father. You know, he is the way, the truth. And I I just want to follow him and listen to his commands and seriously just obey him. Because I know with him, all these things that I I had going on, he got me through. Mm. And that there's nothing he can't get me through. He saved you in a very real way. A very real way. <clears throat> I think sometimes we, I think I think he saves us all in a very real way. We just don't recognize it. So, I mean, yeah. But for you, it's it was so point blank. I, and like you know? back then, when, even when I heard the voices, you know, and I didn't know it was him. I thank him every day for that now because I didn't thank him back then when he did, and I I didn't even know. No. Wow. Just giving you a grateful heart. Yeah. Do you feel like you're more humble than you were? <laughs> yeah, I do. Because back then, you know, like, I tried to be, like, you know, like, really hot stuff. You know, like, ain't nobody can touch this. You know, I'm invincible. You know, I had that, just that mindset, that, you know, that I was going to be, like, this big, tough dude, you know, who nobody messes with. You know, that I'm a gangster, you know. But now I'm a servant of the Lord, and if someone wants to smack me, I'll turn my other cheek to him. You know, it's just <clears throat> amazing to me, Noah, when I talk to you, because you're not even 20 yet. You know, a lot of, a lot of people we talk to have gone through all sorts of changes, and God's really saved. You know, it's like over a period of years, these changes have happened. But for you, man, we're talking like you wake up one day, and you're changed. I mean, it's like a real immediate thing. Yeah. And now you're trying to mature in, in faith. You're not even 20 yet. You know what I mean? Like, right. Surely you feel a lot older than you are. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> what do you feel about, how do you feel about prayer? What does prayer mean to you nowadays? So prayer yeah. is, is seriously everything to me too, you know, because I mean, there's so many ways that you can do things to worship God, but that is the one thing that you can do personally to help strengthen your relationship up with God. You know, I pray so many times throughout the day, you know. Yeah. I start off with my morning prayer, going to work at midnight, so morning. And then throughout the day, you know, me and Rebecca have prayer times. So we'll just pray about things or especially if I get angry or, you know, upset about something or worried. You know, I pray to God to help me with it. And I always end with a nightly prayer. And I just, I know that with prayer, you know, I know God already knows what I need, but it's also nice just to say it to him and know that he's listening, you know, and like, it's like, I'm seriously just talking to like you right now, but I'm talking to like my spiritual father. That's awesome, man. One last question. I really appreciate your honesty and your story. Um, And I know that the story is still just beginning. Yeah. A lot of ways. 
And I, I know it's, you know, I'll fight for you every day. Yeah. So I know that. Um, <clears throat> but I, 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 what advice, I guess, for lack of a better term, what would you say uh, to someone who's <clears throat> wrestling wrestling with addictions and issues and, you know, I just have not found uh, peace. My biggest advice to you is to turn to God right now. Don't wait. I know that at the time I had no thought about him, but if you can hear me now, you need to do it because now you have been, you've been told, you've been warned, and I just want everyone to just come to God because he is the one who can seriously wipe your addictions away. He can make you have peace and bring you happiness that you've never felt before and have the best relationship ever made. That's awesome, man. I think, you know, I'm, I think some people, and I've heard this before, that's why I'm bringing it up. <clears throat> Excuse me. Some people say, well, he hasn't spoken to me like he spoke to you, you know, yeah. with that audible voice. And what I want to say to people is, yes, he has. Oh yeah, he has spoken very loudly. I mean, if you if you've heard the gospel, if you know Jesus, if heard the story of Jesus, you know Jesus at all. He's spoken to you. Yeah. You know, if you've heard the Bible, he's he has spoken to you. And it may not be. We may not all receive the audible voice like you had as he intervened, but God intervenes in our life all the time. We just don't recognize it. Yeah, one hundred percent. And just like the first time, you heard his voice, but you didn't listen. No, I mean you listened in the sense of getting out of the house, but yeah, you knew it was God, but you still just let it. Whatever. Exactly. Even with suicide, you're just like, oh, whatever, just coincidence. Right. So, well, I, it just it blows me away. What's the difference between the last time and the first time? You know what I mean? Like, what was different in you that made you finally listen? You know, I. I think God was, like, I literally feel like because he touched me, I feel like he cleansed my heart, which allowed me to listen to him in my heart. Because before that, you know, I'd never felt like that warm feeling. I just heard the voice. But that one day when I did feel that warmth, that he, when he touched me, I feel like that just broke those chains, you know, of rebellion and yeah, not yeah. listening. I tell you what, I... <coughs> Excuse me. I think there's more times than not. And people are even sitting here on a Sunday morning and they hear the word of God. And we even say, now's the time to make a decision. Now's the time to, you know, yeah. get up. And people just, I, I think people fight it and they just don't. Yeah. And it's like, and they know, they feel it. They even know like God's really calling them. So I, I really appreciate your words. It's time to give in. That's right. You know, if, if you're fighting it, there's no winning this life. No. You know, we, we, we can't win by ourselves. And uh, we desperately, uh, someone someone said, well, I, I hope I can get my life better. I hope I can become a better person. I hope I can do this. I hope I can do that. And my answer is always, you're not. You can't. Yeah. It's not about you. You know, I, we, we so desperately need to give up. Surrender is the key. That's right. Yeah. And then follow. And it, you're going to be surprised of what you actually can do if you just let him. I know. Right? It, it's seriously, like, it's life-changing. Like, there's no, like, there's no regrets to it at all. Give your life to Jesus, and he will set you free, and he will seriously make your life 100% better. Man, that's awesome. Let's end it right there. Yes, sir. Hey, thanks, Noah. I mean, 
uh, it's been great becoming friends and also just real, you know, hearing your story and just I rejoice. It says this says in the scripture the only time the angels rejoice in heavens when a sinner comes to repentance, you know, when a sinner comes home, and yeah. I know they were rejoicing with you and still are. So, pray, praise God for your story, and we also pray. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna have <clears throat> I'm gonna have you pray if you don't mind, but to close out this podcast, yeah. And I would like you to pray over people who are listening to this right now who have still yet to really follow Jesus, you know. Mm-hmm. Would you pray over them? Yeah. Okay. Lord Jesus, as we come to you now, I pray for the people who have addictions and suffer with mental issues. I pray that you come to him, Lord. You come to them and you heal them. I pray that the people who are hearing this just surrender to God. Open your hearts to him. Allow the change to be made because he will set you free. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you so much, Noah. Hey, you're welcome. Hey, join us back on New Hope Underground soon with uh, whatever's next. Who knows what's next? That's what's fun about this podcast. Ten, 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 ten.